This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast focused on issues surrounding your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. If you've ever had ringing in your ears, you're aware of how troubling the affliction can be. Well, for sufferers of tinnitus, there's help. Dr. Philip Harris, MD, is an otolaryngologist or ear, nose, and throat doctor. Dr. Harris specializes in diseases of the ear, the nose, and sinus, the neck and associated glandular structures of the head and neck, associated cancers, and sleep disorders that are treated by surgery. We asked Dr. Harris to explain the condition of tinnitus. Tinnitus is essentially a phantom sound. It's a very common diagnosis, disability. It's listed as a very common side effect because it's common. And the most common cause to tinnitus is hearing loss. So the ear itself is designed to make a sound. We test that in newborns, for example. We'll look for their ear to make a sound that we can perceive, and we know their hearing mechanism is intact in most situations. There's exceptions. But your ear is designed to make a sound. Your brain is designed to receive that sound. If your brain doesn't receive the sound, it's going to make its own noise. That's the theory, essentially, of tinnitus. So tinnitus is, in most cases, we have subjective tinnitus where you might hear the tinnitus, but I don't hear it. I tell patients, you know, you always see these comics of people hearing ringing of the ears before they faint, right? That's tinnitus. Or it's similar to a person who may have had a farming accident and lost their limb. They always perceive the limb to be there, or but it's absent. Or the widow who loses someone, right? You think your loved one is still there. You may wake up and talk to them, and you're looking for that feedback. Well, the brain is doing the same. The brain is saying, where is the feedback to me from the ear? And so sometimes when we test the ear, we don't show hearing loss, but there must be some change or damage, whether it's acoustic trauma from listening to music too loud or gunshots or not wearing your hearing protection. The other thing that I'm not going to say I'm an expert on and sensed, but their balanced organism, the balanced organ and the balance and the hearing organ, they're intimately entwined, mm-hmm. right? So there's certainly things that we do not know or can test for at this time functionally that affect your balance, that affect your hearing, that it will also contribute to tinnitus as well. So, but to answer your question, it's a phantom sound unless it's objective tinnitus. What is objective tinnitus? So objective tinnitus is a sound I can hear and you hear it as well. Most commonly, it'd be something pulsatile. When that's present, we want like a heartbeat-like sound to it, a pulse to it. We want that investigated. So the subjective tinnitus is very disturbing. You may be aware that one of the professors at University of Michigan was shot and killed in his office by a tinnitus sufferer. And so certainly can drive people psychiatrically disturbed. Mm. So we're well aware of that. We don't, I, we, I, we, went, I spent a weekend going through my house unplugging everything that made sound because I was convinced I had a radio on someplace. Well, yeah, it's very disturbing. and uh, People actually hear talking or what they perceive to be as music. Absolutely. I had one patient, she was convinced she would hear a uh, person singing by her piano. And of course, her husband thought she was nuts. And the reality is she was literally hearing someone and uh, even though they're not visible, it gives you an idea of how the brain really can distort things to us, right? But it should always be taken seriously because the one thing I don't like to hear is people come into my office and say, oh, so-and-so told me it's not treatable. Things are treatable, okay? They may not be curable, but they're certainly treatable. And your body doesn't just send you warning signals for no reason, right? It tells you something. So if nothing else, get it checked, be reassured, find no nothing wrong and move along with your life. And once we educate someone about their process and they're reassured, it's not such a problematic thing for them anymore. But if if you don't know what's behind the door, you get scared Mm -hmm. and better just to find out. How's it diagnosed? 
So there are different ways. Of course, again, it's a subjective case in most patients, and so they'll tell you I have tinnitus, and it'll vary. Some will hear crickets, some will hear high pitch, low pitch. It varies to the person. So we first want to examine their ear just to make sure there's no fluid, wax, as we talked about earlier, things that obstruct the sound. Just removing that may fix their tinnitus because now they have other sounds they perceive. So another description I would tell patients, and I'm going to get your answer, I'm sorry, but it's like the pianos on the piano keyboard. If you played the piano and the jazz musician or somebody played it, it sounds beautiful. If I play it and I'm hitting ding, 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 I'm missing several of the piano keys, it doesn't sound so good. Mm-hmm. That's what tinnitus is like. If you have the full spectrum of hearing mechanism intact, you don't notice these other little disturbances along the way. But if you are missing a significant amount of your hearing, then you notice disturbances along the way. And so checking the hearing to seeing where their hearing loss is present is the first step after examination of the ear. And then if there are certain things, for example, not to get too into the weeds, but if a person checks their hearing and their speech discrimination score is off by 20%, one versus the other ear, maybe it needs more investigated. Maybe it needs more imaging or something to look for other causes to it. And that's kind of um, where the medical decision-making comes in. When do I know that I need to see a doctor about my tinnitus? You bet. So one, if it's bugging you and it's bothering you and it's socially disruptive, you need to see someone. There can be simple things. You may have had a car accident and injured your neck and need physical therapy to get your neck back in alignment. Maybe you changed your pillow and you now have misalignment of your neck. So don't ignore it. That's my point where patients will say, well, someone told me it's not treatable, so I'd never investigated it. That's just not true. You know, I can send you to a physical therapist and they get your alignment better and your tinnitus gets better. Or maybe you had a you have other symptoms of things that should be investigated. So if it's disturbing you, get it checked. Just get reassurance if nothing else. If you're having disruption of your hearing mechanism where you it's overriding your hearing mechanism and now you're a safety factor, right? You don't hear someone coming up on the side of you. You're driving your car. You don't hear someone. You don't hear someone in your house, etc. The other thing is that because it's so associated with hearing loss and, of course, people get discouraged with hearing aids because they may not find them to be effective or they may find them too costly, etc., but it's true. But the same thing is you don't want to be an older person who withdraws from life because now you don't want to be the annoyance to ask why all the time, or you're annoyed that they don't speak up clearly to you. So you don't want that because then dementia starts setting in or other things. And uh, hearing tests actually are very helpful to have throughout your life because they actually help detect Alzheimer's and dementia and other things, maybe before other symptoms show up. So that's important. There was uh, something I read about a percentage of Alzheimer's patients who actually just had problems hearing. That's right. Well, you find that because they withdraw, right? A lot of people, and and of course, Alzheimer's is a subjective diagnosis to begin with. I'm not a neurologist, so I don't want to, but you know, there's certain imaging criteria and there's certain clinical criteria and different things, but it's subjective ultimately, right? What's dementia, you know? So you have to then say, if someone withdrew from life because they didn't want to be an embarrassment, they didn't want to say, repeat yourself to me, or then, they, or they just got annoyed that all these young people don't talk clearly, you know, they don't do whatever. So then they withdraw and then they start losing certain faculties, right? You're sitting at home being the lone person or you're not interacting with society. We know people live longer who are social, right? People who are social, they do better. And it's the number one killer in America is depression. It's not all these other things we were, we, you know, we sometimes, I mean, I used to 
statistically should confirm that, but most cases people die because they're sad, depressed, gave up, right? You can give up in life on lots of things. Crap happens, right? Mm -hmm. So be careful I say on the radio. (laughs) Ear, nose, and throat doctor Philip Harris. If you have health concerns, consult your health care provider. If you need help finding a health care provider, go to midmichigan.org slash doctors. For more information on a variety of ear, nose, and throat-related topics, you can go to MidMichigan's blog at blogs.midmichigan.org. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Check back soon for another edition of Health Dose.